Hello everyone, our friends in Enabling Supply Chain Management Channel. Thank you for joining our session again tonight. And then we have a live session. And today uh, we will talk about a very interesting topic, which is strategies that works simplicity, execution, and measurement. And then today we will have a um, very interesting speaker, yeah, uh, because uh, we are in a different time zone. And then um, his name is Frederick, and he is the executive director in Daman Insurance, and he is the digital and business transformation expert. So um, please welcome our speaker tonight, Frederick. Hello, Frederick. How are you? I'm very good. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, thank you. Um, I believe you are in Dubai, right? I'm in Dubai, so I'm three hours behind you. I believe it's uh, 4:30 p.m. here. Okay, so good afternoon, yeah, in Dubai, Frederick. Hello. Okay, yeah. Thank you very much uh, to share about the strategies uh, topic today with us, and then maybe you can introduce a little bit about you, Frederick. Yeah, yeah, sure, I'd be happy. So, as you said, I'm Frederick. I'm currently based in, in Dubai. I'm working for one of the largest insurance companies, a health insurance company here in uh, the United Arab Emirates as executive director, where my responsibility is digital transformation and, and taking the company into the, the digital era. I've been working in the Middle East for, for seven years and I've been working with insurance companies and strategy development and implementation for the insurance companies. And a large part of this is to actually take whatever you, you write in the strategy and transform it into something that actually works, which is also what we are going to talk about today. Apart from this, I am um, part of the world's first MBA in digital insurance out of Singapore with the Digital Insurer, where we created a, a whole MBA education on digital insurance and digital strategies. It launched here the first time in January, and we are now on our third cohort. So hundreds of people have already enrolled and been through this. Very exciting, and, and I'm happy to see the interest for, for people wanting to know about digital and digital transformation. Yeah. Well. Thank you. Well, this is uh, must be a very interesting topic. Yeah, we will discuss tonight. And then, um, as usually, we will start with um, menti.com. So, our friend, um, please feel free to join the discussion tonight. So, you can go to www.menti.com and then put the code uh, 247797. And then you can answer the question about one word about strategy. Yeah. Yeah, please go to menti.com and then uh, your answer will be appear live in here and then we can discuss a little bit before we start the presentation uh, from Frederick. Yeah, one word about uh, strategy. Yeah, please. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. Complex and win. So uh, our participant already uh, answered. Frederick, uh, what do you think about win, complex? I think both of them are right. I mean, basically, you 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 strive to create a strategy. So you want to mm -hmm. win markets here. So you win in uh, mm -hmm. in in the market that you're in, right? And then the two others, 
complex and hard. I also agree because typically, and this is actually perfect with the fourth, because typically when you talk about strategy, it is high level. Mm. It is difficult and hard and it's, it's very mm. intangible. It's something that, that you talk about, but then you don't really know what to do. Mm. And of course, as the next one, if, if you do it right, you will have a competitive advantage. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the one I like, an art, which, which I really like, and that's typically mm. when, when you go in and start looking at the blue ocean strategies that you need to be some kind of assist artist to, to make it work. Mm. So they all make sense. They all make sense. Yeah. So uh, competitive advantage look like uh, the outcome yeah, from the strategy, is it? Like yeah, if you do it right, if, if, if you if, if you manage to get everything right, then you will have a competitive advantage. Mm, okay. And I can see objective is also there and leader mm. and decision. Yeah, I mean, it all makes sense, right? It all makes sense because typically when, when you craft a strategy, you have mm -hmm. several different outcomes. You can, you can go this way or that way or another way. So there's also a question of making Mm. a decision and then sticking to this and, and execute it the right way so you actually get your your competitive advantage or your competitiveness mm. but the, the uh, one interesting in here is pattern yeah and then the other one said art so pattern and art quite um, i mean thread off right what do you think uh, frederick i think i think you need to understand the the, the what it meant by pattern a little more mm. because to, to me, if, if you want to make a pattern, then again, I'm, I'm thinking scenarios. You have a, a pattern or a structure of, mm. of different scenarios that you can choose from. And then, and then you have you know, pros and cons or mm. different ways of measuring the, the potential outcome of these, these ways you can go. And then, then you select the best one for your company. Mm. Okay. And that's, I can see that also uh, hands up to, I saw the perspective is coming up here and strategy is all about getting a perspective on, on what you're doing, right? Mm. And then, the and I wish now, so, now somebody uh, wrote data driven. I so data wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, data driven. That's what I want to but, mention as well. <laughs> many, many strategies, they are just, you know, let's try and do it and not so much data driven. And I think it is an art, of course, but you have to put it in. You have to have sufficient mm. amount of data and add some art and then a lot of execution. And then, and mm. then you're getting there. Mm -mm. Yeah, most of the participants said leader in here yeah? because the text yeah, is yeah. Uh, become bigger. So more than one already answer leader. And then interesting one, to know whether one interesting to know whether leader whether leader is yeah. leader in sense of you need leadership to mm. execute or leader in the market or maybe it's both. Mm. Yeah, leader is <laughs> become uh, bigger. Yeah. And one interesting is business school, yeah. So, uh, what do you think? Does does strategy need uh, someone to go to business school? Then they can have a no. good strategy. No, not at all, not at all. Mm. But but I understand why. Uh, at least my perception of of course, when you hear strategy, you're thinking about oh, I have to mm. go to school or take an education in doing strategy because as it's also said, it's it's high level and you know it is complex and it's hard right so how do you how do you do this and of course it's it's, it's tempting to feel that you have to go to business school to do it uh, but but to me strategy is not hmm. to, to me strategy is, is, is much more about understanding the the world around you 
very simple. And then finding the right the right way for you to go. I don't think you need to go to business school. You, you get some tools and you get some some ideas on how to approach it. But uh, in general, I think strategy is is something that that is a little hyped because it, it is it is not high level. It don't have to be high level at least. It can mm. be, but but it doesn't have to. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so doesn't I have to go to business school, right, to have a good study? No, no, no. There's, there's another one I like, which is called priorities. I can see here yeah, yeah. that that makes sense to me because to to me a strategy is 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 just as much saying no to things as it is saying yes to things, right? So so when you put a strategy, you also know the things that you're not going to do, hmm. and that that's a part of what you can call strategic choice, right? Now I choose to go this way, hmm. so maybe there are some interesting things over here. But I'm not going to pursue them because then I lose my focus on the way that I chose them. So that is priorities to me. So it's 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 a selection and anti-selection uh, when when you start working with strategies. Mm. And that's also where now I saw another one: tactics. That's where the tactics are coming in as well. Like how how do you actually go go about doing that? Mm. Yeah. And now uh, objective, yeah, uh, become bigger than leader. <laughs> so most of the people said objective. <laughs> so. Do you think strategy must uh, have a relation with objective, something like that? 100%, because if you don't set an objective for your strategy, then, I mean, this is the same as, uh, I think it's Alice in Wonderland, where she is asking this cat with a smile, mm-hmm. where, where 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 should I go? And uh, the cat says, um, where do you want to go? And she says, I, I, I don't know. And then he'll ask and then he replied then any road will take you there so so i mean if, if you don't have an objective if you don't have a, a direction of what you want to do then you know any road will take you and, and then you're just going back and forth without any any plan and then you cannot win i mean then you won't have a competitive advantage at all because then you're being too opportunistic in, in your approach to, to running your business so objectives are fantastically important in, in order to to execute on your on your plans or strategy mm. yeah 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 very interesting story yeah but <laughs> alice in wonderland <laughs> yeah and oh, yeah but if, if you don't if you don't know where you're going any road will yes. take you there and i think it's important for everybody to remember mm. you you really have to whether you are running a, a complete company or a team or a business unit You, you need everybody on this team or the business unit. They need to know what is the purpose, what is the goal of what we're doing. Because, mm. you know, if, mm. if if you're working at a team and and you know you have a clear direction, yeah. and you know this is what we have to do. Mm. Then, if something mm. comes from the outside, then and the team knows the direction, then they can also by themselves understand whether they have to work on it or not. If the team don't have any direction and something comes from the outside, then maybe they'll stop working on what they're working on and go somewhere else. Which is not what you want them to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. That's why uh, some also set goal. Yeah, in here, objective. Yeah. Very, yes, indeed, indeed. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think uh, we already play this about 10 minutes, and then uh, we can start with the presentation. Are you ready, Frederick? 100%. percent. Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, okay, friends. Uh, Frederick will do the presentation uh, for maybe ten, uh, 15 to 20 minutes, and then after that, uh, for you who have any questions, feel free to 
chat in the um, chat box ya yeah, on the right side in the YouTube channel and then after the presentation we will discuss about the question from you so yeah feel free to engage with us and then uh, Frederick will do the presentation um, yeah don't forget to 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 put the question in the chat box okay Frederick um, you can uh, do the presentation and then the stage is yours yeah, please thank you And I think, as you said, one one of the one of the important things here is that I can easily sit here and talk for 15, 20 minutes, even half an hour, if you want. But okay. uh, it's it's more it's more at, at, at the end. I mean, it's it's your questions that makes this come to life, right? So so I'll be talking for 10, 15 minutes, and and then I hope mm-hmm. that that you'll take the time that we have left to um, to ask questions because this is this is really where this this session will add value to to all of you. But. Um, uh, As I said, strategy strategy does not need to be super difficult. So, so what I would like to present to you today is is a very simple framework or model that that you basically can copy paste and and start using today. It's it's not difficult, and it it will set the things that you have to do into some some order. So it's it's easier for you to work with. And I think now, now I already did uh, my, my own my own introduction, so you can you can uh, skip a couple of slides if, if you'd be so kind. That one and next one and next one and next one. Then we're ready. <laughs> so, and 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 let's let's start with this because this is finding the right question, and it actually goes back to this story about Alice in Wonderland. Because if you don't know where you're going, any any road will take you there. So, so this is a very, very simple model for you to try to find what question is it our strategy is trying to solve. And of course, yeah, we want to make more money. That that's perfectly fine. But the the more granular, the more detailed you can make this question, the better you will be at creating the the plan for for answering or solving the question that you have. So the framework here is, is very simple, and and. It's meant to make you think about your current situation and what is challenging. So on the on the left hand side in, in, in the large box is, is where you have an objective description of, of the situation today. Like we're this company and we're this big and we've been in business for this many years and this is the products we sell and these things. And then you have on the top and the bottom here, you have two complications. And, and I'm very specific. You cannot have more than two complications, two problems. One of the problems can be that Uh, increased competition has put an ex- insane price pressure in the market and we are struggling to keep up. That can be one complication. Another complication can be that our board of directors, they asked us to increase our top line and profit by 100% by next year or whatever. But try to be as specific as you can in these problems that you are facing. And then of course, there, there are many problems, but but you, you, you may want to, to narrow them down to what are the most important problems that we have. And, and just saying COVID hit us, it's not good enough. You have to be more specific. If, if you take the next slide, I'll show you an example of, um, and this is very difficult to read, but this is a real life example on how to create a new position for one of my companies before SOS International. So on, on the left hand side, you can see a, a fairly detailed uh, description on what is the company that, that we are working with at the moment? How is the situation? And then you have two complications. The top one, you can see that this company is called Fat Travel Care. 
this is a new competitor came into the market in 2008. How do we deal with this? And internationally, the, the competitors have always started to, um, to um, what's it called? To come together to join forces so so the competitiveness have increased so the question is how do we how do we react to these things and then on the right hand side this is what i typically do try to put how do we answer this question so the the question is is the first most important thing and if, if you go one step further please then you'll see after after the question you you have to understand how do we answer the question and, and the way you do this is by using what consultants call a, a issue tree or decision tree, where, where you're trying to take the, the areas and break down into issues. If, if, you, if you take one more slide ahead, then, I, then I'll show you what I mean. So very, very generic, generic, and this model is super simple, but I will guarantee you it'll make so much sense for you when you start to plan what are we going to do next in your company. Because this one says, okay, better results, equals more sales and more profit. That's how you get better results for a company, right? And here you just split it into two. You can either increase sales or you can reduce costs. And when you start there, then you actually also can start looking at strategic priorities. How do we increase sales, given the question that we're trying to say to solve? How do we reduce costs, given the, uh, the question again that we're trying to solve? And start to map out what are the things that we need to do to increase sales or reduce costs. If you if you switch one more, I have an example here, which uh, which shows again, this is from uh, this is from uh, the insurance company I worked with before, Cat uh, Insurance Company out of Doha. And again here, how do we how do we increase our underwriting income? And that's that's insurance speak for just how do we make more money. <laughs> so, and you can see here the model is the same. This is a real life uh, example, right? You can increase sales or you can reduce costs. And strategic priorities: we can introduce new products, we can go into new markets, we can increase our market share in the markets that we are. This is for increasing sales, reducing costs, re uh, reduce the claims, the, the number of claims that we are getting. And this is typically, if you're looking into car insurance, for example, if you can reduce, if you can help reduce the number of cars having accidents by educating the drivers. You will reduce the number of claims, right? This is one way of reducing costs. It could also be being better at um, negotiating with, with the workshops that are repairing the cars uh, and so forth. And this is not enough, of course, but th this is this is the first high level step. And now if you if you take the next one, you're just, this is um, double clicking on how do we increase sales? And again, Going into new markets, this is a double click on that specific one under the increased sales. And again, you can see here, we can increase sales and we can reduce claims costs. Under the sales, uh, we can create a sales model of the specific way of selling, the, how can we uh, utilize commercial partnerships. And, and this is where it becomes very, very specific and very granular. And actually, if you see the, the one called um, examples. This is this is where you are about to create your real strategy. So now you're taking it from the from the question to a level where you can say, okay, I need to increase sales in new markets, and I need to in order to do this, I need to create create a structured way of selling for all the salespeople. So we all have the same way of doing this, and then take it to the market. And now now the the strategy is all of a sudden less complex and much more tangible. It's easier to work on, on, on this specific topic. 
and and that that's where you want to be because now you can start to say okay if we want to who can create this way of selling who can make sure that we are exploiting our commercial partnerships and and then you can detail that out to what has to be done and and I, and I hope that makes good sense for you in in how to take it from from a rather high flying or high level perspective into something that's that's actually workable uh, can, can you try to take the next slide please and and a part of a part of a part of doing this is of course understanding where are we today because you may see a lot of the uh, the examples that you have to do say that is far away from from what we can do today or we we have to do a lot of work to be able to define our way of selling for example so i would i would propose that you do what i call a gap analysis uh, next slide please because it, it is it's again it's very simple <laughs> it's very simple you you write down the topics of of what you have to do and go to the, the the examples that you saw a couple of slides ago and you say, where are we today, which is uh, in this model, the current state on a scale from one to five, where one is, we are very bad at it, and five, we have to be here. And yeah, so number, and, and the green one, where do we have to be? When you map this, then you also start to get an idea of where should you put your focus. Try to take the next slide, and I'll give you an example. Because here you can see this, this, is, um, this is a gap analysis for an IT department's readiness to change to support a strategy right in order to support the strategy data has to be available the unit has to have uh, specific processes methods and tools to support the business development reporting is important to understand where the business is and and guide the salespeople to go the right direction and so forth all the way down and you can see the the mapping here this is where the company were at that point of time as is and where we decided or, or thought we had to be in order to reach a state where we can say the strategy for this area has completed. And then for each of these areas, we actually put an action plan. How do we increase our data availability from 0.2 to 0.7, for example? And we can make a plan, okay, data has to be available through these channels. So how do we do this? Who will do this? And make a specific plan for how to achieve it. And this is where you, you take your, 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 your examples from before and break down into step by step by step. And this is how you execute on a high level strategy. You break it down to the, minute, the smallest pieces as possible. And then you start to work on it step by step, little by little. And then you, you are able to, to move forward towards the strategy that you have set. Thank you, next one. How are we doing on time? I still have time, right? Yeah, I do. Um, of course, the the execution part is is the most important and the most difficult part because it's easy to make a plan, but it's very difficult to to execute on the same plan. Execution is about understanding how to get people to work as teams work together, how to get things done. I, I briefly touched upon it saying that when, when you have the when you have the, the plan into the smallest possible detail, you can also start to assign responsibilities. And if you take the next slide, please, I can tell you that um, I have very good experience uh, using what I call a project squad. It's 100% it's stolen from uh, the agile methodology of, of doing projects, where you have these project squads that, um, that are working together. So what you do is for, for each of these areas, you, you put together a team 
who has um, authority and uh, autonomy to do the things that are required. They can make the decisions that they have to have to make. They are also accountable for the results that you've set up. So when, when you say we have to move the data accessibility, just, just to stay with that one, we have to move the data accessibility from two to seven. Now this team with these people in the team are accountable for doing so. And when you do that, that means that when you construct a team like this, you, you, you have to have everybody in the team in the sense that nobody in the team should be able to point and say, you know what, it's also because of this guy, he's not doing what he's supposed to, and he's not in the team. Then this guy has to be in the team. So the team has to take this full accountability of, of delivering the results that you've set up. This works. This works because then all of a sudden you have this clear goal for the team. You have to move data accessibility from two to seven before next year. It is your responsibility. You have these, um, this frame to work in and now you have to put your own target to do so. So the team will put together their own target on how to run there. So they know exactly we have to go here and then they can find the road to get it done. This is, this is to me the key to execution. Make sure that everybody uh, responsible, everybody who have a say in these teams, they are in the team. So when, when the manager comes and say, what are you doing and how are you doing? There, there, there is, so to speak, no fingers that can point outside the team. Everybody are, are within the team. When, when the team is, a, um, when, when your teams have been established, then the, the next and the last point is, is performance management, which is, which is, which is your way of measuring that things actually get done. So if, if you don't mind clicking twice, then I can show you what, what I mean. Typically, I use, um, I use the principles from the balance scorecard because it makes so good sense and, and it explains to everybody how, how even the, 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 the smallest activity actually helps to increase or, or reach the financial targets. This, this, is the, this is the basic construct of the balance scorecard. It's, it's split into four areas, the financial targets, customer targets, operational and organizational targets. So when, when you start looking at this, and I'm not saying you should use all of them, I'm just saying that you have to say, if, if you're working on IT and technology, for example, how do we increase the, uh, data accessibility? You can actually show how data accessibility will affect the quality and the efficiency of the operational targets. And you can see if you, improve your quality and your efficiency of the operational science, how will that return into customer value? And at the end of the day, how will that reach the targets that we looked at in the very, very beginning? If you can make the screen big again and jump to the next slide, then I can show you what I mean. And this is a very, very complex slide, so bear with me. This is, again, a real life example on how this works. And you can see, no, you can't see in this one because it's too good away, it's too difficult, but, but actually, there are relationships between all these bubbles. The text outside the bubbles show exactly what KPIs or measurements each of these bubbles have. And in the super advanced version that I have of this one, there will be arrows between all the bubbles showing that if this KPI goes up, how does this affect all the way up to the financial targets at, at the end of the day? And, and this, this is, of course, this, this is an operational model for full business units. But each team can should have a subset of these. Maybe not the whole not the whole thing because that's impossible to measure for one team. But typically, seven to twelve of these KPIs should be should be assigned to one of the teams, and these are the things that you have to accomplish. But having it like this 
helps everybody to show the relationship. So they know if my data accessibility goes from two to four, I can see because I can see the, the relationships in the whole in the whole structure. If my data accessibility goes from two to four because of better efficiency, we can serve our customers better and that helps us grow our business. And that is important. It's also important because once you start working, you can actually measure your teams on how they're doing and reward them when they're doing great and help them when they're doing not so great. So that's, that was my 15 minutes a speed talk through how to, to start from, um, yeah, I'll talk to this in a second, uh, um, how to start from the, from the very beginning, asking the right questions about what is it that we're trying to do, either for the company or for a team, and trying to, to cascade that all the way down to a specific target for a specific team, but showing how that target affects this one, but showing how that target affects the whole organization. And of course, which is the last slide, um, when you start dealing with this, you also, and this, this is this is my experience from, from the transformational part of, of, of doing business, right? Because typically when, when I go in and create strategies, it's, it's transformational strategies that face a lot of resistance because the existing organizations, they don't want to change. They're very happy where they are because they know their job, they, they know their unit, they know their targets, they know how they've been incentivized. So so when, when we come and say, well, let's change something, they, they, they typically don't don't want to do it. And you can see some of the risks, um, you have the turf force, you have the, the business unit leaders who who don't want to give up their, their power in the specific uh, silo or business unit. You can have um, a, a risk saying that you simply don't have the people to do it. You, you can face with the, with the top management where, where you need to establish this sense of urgency. You need the top management to understand this has to be done. But if top management don't have enough knowledge on why it has to be done, then it's also difficult for you to get buy-in for the changes. So some of the mitigations, and, and they're, they're basically true for all strategies or projects, it seems is that you have to have this clear North Star where you're going. If you don't know that, every road will take you there. You also have to have true top management support. And in this sense, I'm not talking about they have to help you, but they have to be behind you. So when, when some business leader goes to the CEO and starts complaining about Frederick doing all these things, all the CEO has to do is he has to say, yeah, I know it's tough, but he has to do it. Please support him. That's all I need. We don't need them to, 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 to come and, and help you, but just support you. I also have good experience in, in starting with the smaller scale teams. So instead of saying, we'll take the largest business unit and transform everything overnight, this is never going to work. Start with where it hurts the most, the, the team that has the biggest issues and help them change, uh, set a strategy for them and help them implement it. And um, hire outside talent if, if you don't have if you don't have the people. But, and again, this this is this is difficult, right? Because if, if some superhero is coming from the outside, the organization the organization is going to say, "What is he going to do here? And how is he going to threaten my position?" So there are many things to be aware of. Uh, it, it, it all boils down to humans and in the way that that you work with humans. And at the end of the day, you have to to pay respect to humans and how how we all are different in, in the way that uh, in the way that we are. So that concludes my my talk. And uh, I hope I hope you enjoyed it. And of course, if you're gonna do that, it's all in right. When when you start transforming and you start changing your your strategy, 
you should do it in a way that there is there is no way back. You just have to move forward. Otherwise, people would always try to uh, always try to to turn back because it's easier and more convenient. Thank you. Okay, yeah, thank you, Frederick, for the uh, very brief presentation. And then I believe um, there are some questions from the audience who want to interact directly with you. Yeah, and uh, let's see uh, the YouTube chat in here. So some of our friends say hi, so we can say hi also to them. Uh, Mr. Krisnov, um, uh, hi, Mr. Efrata and Mr. Frederick. Yeah, hello. Thank you, Mr. Krisnov, for joining us. And then Mr. Fajaris, good evening, Mr. Efrata, and good afternoon, Mr. Frederick. <laughs> okay, yeah, thank you, Mr. Fajaris. And then uh, Mr. Yunas, say hi to uh, Frederick. And then Miss Kartika Sari, say taktik. Yeah, I believe this is uh, from the menti.com session. Yeah, yeah thank you, uh, Miss Kartika Sari. And then Mr. Suryo said, Guten Abend, Herr Frederick. <laughs> yeah, I believe this is uh, yeah. German. <laughs> this is German, I understand, but I, I am, I, I know I sound German, but I'm actually Danish, which is which is close close to, to Germany. So I do speak German, so Guten Abend, speak it. Okay, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Guten Abend means uh, good evening, is it? Good evening. Evening. Yeah, good evening. Good evening. But, but still, yeah. still afternoon in, in Dubai, right? Not evening yet. Yeah, it's five o'clock now. So yeah, it's this afternoon. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> so. But, but yeah. I would assume the gentleman is sitting in a, in an evening time zone. Oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, thank you, uh, Mr. Suryo, uh, for joining us tonight. And then uh, Mr. Talita Art. Yeah. Hello. Good evening. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. And uh, this is a question from Mr. Suryo to you, um, Frederick. Your background yeah. is from digital insurance. Did you consider digital insurance just as an additional channel for insurance business or totally go digital and leave traditional channel as strategy? Yeah, can you answer? That's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, and, and I think it applies to more than just digital. Of course, uh, to me, digital insurance um, is, is many things. It's not just a distribution channel. And the, 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 the maturity of the insurance world today, in, in my opinion, cannot handle a, a standalone digital distribution channel. When I'm talking about digital insurance, I'm actually talking about how, how do you take the back-end operations and, and digitize them? How do you take the back-end operations, the whole way the company is working? How do you make that smarter, digital, automated? Because when, when you do that, you will free a lot of people to work with sales. You will free a lot of people to, to work with, with, with matters that requires brain power instead of just moving papers around. And to me, that is, that is the first and very important step for, for insurance companies to, to get their, their back-end operations sorted and, and automated to, to the maximum extent possible. The, the digital insurance channel, you know, we, we've seen, of course, during COVID, we've seen all insurers going digital and serve their customers through digital channels. But but for most, honestly, that doesn't mean that customers, they go online and buy their products. It means that customers, they still call the call center. But instead of having to go pick up the piece of paper, we can send the paper now by PDF, even sign and everything. That is digital to most insurers. The the online channel is, is, is yet to come. It will come, obviously. I don't think the, the industry is ready yet. I just read a survey saying that uh, 50%, 50% of all insurers, they think that 
the customer relationship will go back to normal pre-COVID, uh, when, when the pandemic has, has, has settled down, which just gives you an idea of how, how insurance companies, is, they think. <laughs> mm. And that's, that's one of the reasons I, I wrote this book that I did, uh, which is called Insurance Next, because I, I, I really want to, mm. to, to, to shake up the industry and say, hey, wake up, you cannot, you cannot live in a world where you think that uh, uh, post-COVID, we just go back to normal. People, they want digital, so better find a way of serving them. I know that was a longer, longer answer to, to a short question, but I hope it made sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and then to 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 brief, yeah, about your uh, presentation, you mentioned about the simplicity, execution, and measurement. So, is this like um, sequence stages, or we can do it another way around? Yeah, Frederick. Uh, that that you have to say again. Uh, the simplicity, the, the execution, and measurement. So we do the first is simplicity and then the second execution and then the third uh, measurement or should we... No, I think it's, it's, it's um, I think, I, I guess you can say it's, it's iterative, right? Because mm. I, I believe everything that you have to do has to be simple because if you make it complex, nobody understands it, mm. not even you. So, so it, it has to be simple and, and you know, to make things difficult, to make difficult things simple is a great art, mm. right? So, so your job is to take the, the complex thing and strategy is and use what we spoke about today to make it simple, to make it executionable, to take these teams and say, you only have to do these five things and then you have to measure that it, it's done the right way. So, so I think that's, that's a sequence that you, uh, mm. that, that you have to do. I saw another question about um, the balance scorecard and OKR. Oh, OKR. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. know, it, 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 it doesn't matter what you use as long as you use something. It doesn't matter as long as you, you use what you're comfortable with. But but my point here is, better scorecard for me is, is maybe a little advanced, but my point is it doesn't matter what you use as long as you tell the teams that you are accountable and this is how we're going to measure what you're doing. You can use any tool that you're comfortable with. Mm. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's the question from Mr. Krisnov, yeah? I hope it's already answered. Yeah, yeah, about, yeah. 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 Well, that's good. And uh, which one is uh, famous? I mean, during this pandemic, which one is your preferences using the BSC or OKR? Frederick? I think you cannot say this. I just used the, the better scorecard because I've been using it for so many years. Right? It's, it's, it's my fallback. It's very easy for me to use. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm certain that there's probably better tools uh, out there, but I, you know, just, just like you're used to driving the same car, so you just keep driving that car. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think the, the 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 choice of performance management methodology is is going to change your your strategy or how you execute on it. Mm-hmm. It's simply just a dashboard. Okay. Yeah. 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 It, that's a. Uh... Uh, how they can use it, right? <laughs> okay, yeah, this is a next question from Mr. Fajar Wibowo. Mr. Frederick, in this current pandemic, refer to the uh, to type of strategy as mentioned, they are a sales model and claim cost model. Which one is the best fit to be executed in terms of effort and benefit Yeah, during this pandemic? Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Uh, that's, that, that's a fantastic question. Um, it, it, it depends on the question and the industry that you're in, because some some industries they they really have to get get rid of a lot of costs in order to to be able to survive in the current environment. But 
uh, you, you need to balance it because you can't just cut costs and hope things will go over because they will go over. At some point, the pandemic will be over or, or the world will be in a different shape mm-hmm. and you will be able to regain market share. But if, if you cut all costs and cut everything away to the bare minimum, you don't have the power to build the sales again. So you will lag behind when others are starting to become strong and take market share. So, 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 and, and that's a good point actually, because strategy is not something that you put for three years anymore. You put it for three months, six months, and then you reevaluate. So, so look at what what do you have to do right now, get it done, and move on. Uh, and that's why it's so important for execution, because you cannot wait a year to execute anymore. It's just it's just not possible in this environment. And even even in, when 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 hopefully the pandemic eases down, mm-hmm. you know you're gonna have all the companies. And they're gonna fight for the markets here. So if you're not ready, you're gonna lose out on it. So you have to constantly adjust your strategy to to the market environments, but also to make sure that you're ready to what comes next. Mm. I hope that answers your question. I know it, it wasn't a direct answer to your question, but I think that's the best I can do. Yeah. Um, uh, how about if uh, the different industry? Yeah. For example, uh, you mentioned before is about the food industry. And how about if the industry is like uh, oil and gas? Um, will it be different between the model? Yeah. You're talking about the life cycle or the... Um, the, the uh, yeah, of course, because the diff- different industries, they have different um, life cycles also. Oil and gas is, 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 you know, very, very long investment times and investment cycles. And so, so their strategy cycle will, will in many cases, be longer. But but nevertheless, you, you can still take it down to short strategy cycles because the sales department, the procurement, you know, there's a lot of departments that that needs to be agile. Mm-hmm. Maybe your your investments in in oil plants take, you know, twenty, forty, hundred years to pay back. Mm-hmm. But the way that you get the investments back by increasing sales, by increasing partnerships, is still you know on a day-to-day basis. So in, in this sense, again, back to the question that you're answering, the, the question that, that we spoke about in the very beginning is going to determine also the, the life cycle or the length of the strategy. So, so do I think digital has a, has a shorter life cycle in others? You know, to me, I, I see digital as, as a tool. It, it's not an industry. It's, it's, it's a method that, that you use to execute on, on a strategy. For, for me, and of course, data is an industry for, for some for Google and for games and all this, but, but in, in general, where we are, I, I would say that, that digital is, it can be distribution, it can be tools that we use and to reach our customers, to work with our customers. And, and as such, the, the concept of life, life cycle doesn't mm. make too much sense. Yes, digital changes faster, right? When you have a website and, and you know, people's, uh, you can change interaction faster and based on people's interaction. So, mm. so maybe that's, that's a question to that, the answer to that question. Okay, yeah, that's the... Question from Ms. Kartikasari. Yeah? So the uh, life cycle of digital business model will be longer or more everlasting than yeah. traditional one. Yeah. And then uh, this is a question from Mr. Krisnov again. Uh, how about risk management and integration with it? Yeah. I think integration with IT, right? Uh, risk management and integration with IT. with IT. Yeah, yeah, with IT. That that's. That that's the topic for for the next for the next presentation because this is this is where I, no but this this is um, this is where I would like to talk about what I call two speed IT uh, where where you need you need because almost all companies they have legacy IT systems 
these old, old cores of systems that are very difficult to change because nobody knows, <laughs> nobody knows how they work, right? So everybody is super scared of changing them. And, and that doesn't work in today's environment. So, so you need, uh, it was Gartner who invented this term, two-speed IT. You, you need to create a layer around what you're doing so, so you can use that layer to enable another layer of fast implementation, which is also where you have to take risk management uh, into consideration when you start doing this. But without having, having a, a middle layer between your, your old core systems and, and the new front end systems that you need to, to execute faster, you're not really going to go anywhere. Uh, so so that, that's a very good question and, and, a, and a complete topic in its own. Yeah. Or maybe uh, we will have another session yeah, for this, <laughs> Frederick. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy. So I'd be happy. So, I mean, even, even in the book that I just wrote, there's, there's four chapters on, on this alone, on, on how to um, yeah. how, how to be flexi flexible using the old systems. So, so it's important. It's very important. Mm. Okay, I uh, hope that's uh, answer, eh, Mr. Krisnov. And then this is question from Mr. Fajaris. Mr. Frederick, based on your experience, how to mitigate the gap between strategy and execution? Yeah, that's actually um, that's actually most of the slides that we spoke about today, right? You you have the strategy, you have the this is where we want to go, and then then you use uh, this increased sales, reduced costs model to to go as far out as you can. Based on that, you take uh, what I call the gap analysis, saying we're here today and we have to go here. What would it require for us to take this step, put that down and assign it to a team and, and then use performance management to, to measure that the team is delivering on this. So that's that's how we do that. Mm, so this uh, how to mitigate the gap. Yeah, yeah I hope that's answer, yeah, Mr. Fajaris. And then another question from Restu Paranandari. Hi, Frederick. Thanks for sharing. How do you think COVID-19 impacting insurance industry and what do you think is the best strategy to navigate through the pandemic? Yeah, Nick, the best strategy is to navigate through the pandemic, uh, which I believe is, is holds true for all industries, is re restructure your whole company to make it as flexible as possible. Think of outsourcing, think of automating, make sure that that you create a company, a business unit that is capable of scaling up or scaling down with the, the business demands. So, so if you have 500 people working for you, for example, in a call center, then they will be there no matter what. And if, if, if demand goes up, maybe you have to hire more people. And if demand goes down, you have to fire people, unfortunately. Right? But that takes time. So if you can find an outsourcing partner that are more flexible with manpower and, and outsource, for example, this, then you don't have to worry about hiring or firing people. You just have to worry about the load that you send. And, and that will help you. That will help you during this pandemic because now uh, demand is going down. But, you know, after some time, demand will come up. And then, unfortunately, we may see a second wave of this, which means that demand will go down again and then up again. So you have to prepare your organization to, to, to respond to this in, in, in the most possible, flexible way. Hmm. Uh, but something else also with... Um, Hmm. Okay, so not only in the insurance company, yeah, but all. No, I think everybody. Yeah, yeah, all around the industry. And then uh, another questions again from Mr. Yunas. Hi, Frederick. How do you, how do the potential negative consequences of implementing a new strategy compare with the potential positive outcomes? 
I think that that's that's that there's, this is not a question <laughs> because uh, if, if you don't if, if you don't change your strategy to cope with what's happening in the markets right now, yeah. then you're going to go out of business. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so so yeah, it's it's negative that you have to change and it's hard that you have to change. But if you don't do it, then uh, you just go out of business. That's that's really what I believe. Mm, okay. Yeah. So this is not a choice. Yeah. So we have to do no, this. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you for the statement. Yeah, uh, Frederick. I think this is the uh, uh, last questions yeah, from Mr. Krishnov. In your opinion, is this new normal going to be here to stay while yearly best strategy will depend on long horizon of forecasts? I think the, the companies that's going to, to thrive in what, I, what we call the new normal are the ones who are doing strategy on a quarterly basis and at the same time is is setting up what I call early warning systems to, to measure market changes and, and have the flexibility to react on this. Mm. And of course, some, some industries, some companies, they will go back to, pooh, it's over. Let's go back to the three-year strategy forecasts. That's fine, but they will not survive. I don't think so. The, the world has, has woken up and, and the ones who want to, uh, want to lead in this going forward are the ones who will be flexible enough to, to, to cope with it. So, so I would say three, three months strategy cycles and you can still have a, a three-year forecast but the way that you're getting there will have to change month on month or quarter by quarter mm. thanks okay yeah thank you uh frederick i hope uh, uh, our friend your question already answered by frederick so um i think this is the last question so we can uh, close the session today and then frederick again thank you for sharing about the strategies that works simplicity execution and measurement yeah before we leave maybe you can uh, yeah about the closing statement or you can mention about the key outcomes about uh, today presentation discussion yeah I, I i but i think i said it already right because i think now is the time to to do something and and i hope this this gave you an idea of how to start doing something because if you don't start doing something then there'll be nothing to do in uh, in a year or so so um, so so i think that could be my closing statement <laughs> thank you very much for today yeah okay so we have to um to have a new strategy yeah, to face the um, yeah. current situation. Thank you very much, Frederick. Sure. And then um, I heard from you that you will be in the WhatsApp group for one week, right? So yeah, yeah. our friend, if you well, have- find me on LinkedIn, right? Yeah, yeah, find me on LinkedIn if you want to, uh, to write me more than welcome. Okay, yeah, we can connect in the LinkedIn as well. So yeah. our friend, if you have any questions, so feel free to uh, join our WhatsApp group and then Frederick will be there to answer your questions. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much, Frederick, for a very uh, fruitful discussion uh, tonight. So hope we will... Happy to be here. Yeah, thank you very much. It's an honor to have you in here. Yeah, thank you, uh, Frederick. Thank Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, our friend, um, that is our uh, discussion about uh, strategy, a lot of things we already discussed, so yeah, please, again, our friend in enabling supply chain management, so we have to know about strategy uh, we want to choose during this pandemic especially, so uh, stay safe, and then we can meet again in the uh, next event in the enabling supply chain management channel. Okay, see you again and then stay healthy. Goodbye.